0: Welcome into a special edition of Straight out of Vegas and RJ Bell's Dream Preview. AJ, can we combine the two? It's yeah, I mean, it's New Year's. It's a, it's a mishmash, yeah. It's New Year's and that means the New Year's Six. Yes. Six marquee bowl games here to wrap up the college football bowl season and that includes the college football playoff. Now, I know that the New Year's Six doesn't mean as much as it used to because everything's about the college football playoff. But still, AJ, to be in these marquee bowl games, whether it's tonight with Ohio State and Missouri or if you're playing traditionally on New Year's Day, it means something for these programs.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and these are the types of – these are the types of trophies that you know. When recruits see them in your case, it 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 opens some eyes. It's not like putting a Pop Tart trophy in your case. Like you, you've got a uh, a citrus bowl trophy or a uh, a cotton Bowl trophy. Those are the those are the bowls that that have let, they've stood the test of time, and that's what everybody's going to uh, to respect. And th- these are the these are the these are the times where like you can make your resume. You know, like you don't want to be known as the guy who well, I, I I've got a. Uh, I've got a Wasabi Bowl championship (laughs) ring. Like, these guys, if you could say, man, I won the freaking Orange Bowl, uh, that's something that everybody understands.
0: Yes, and so the New Year's Six will kick off tonight, Friday night, In the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, played in Arlington, AT&T Stadium, Jerry's World, it's Ohio State and Mizzou. And the current spreads, courtesy of our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the Buckeyes, five-and-a-half-point favorites with a total of 51. And no Kyle McCord, obviously, for Ohio State at quarterback A.J. Devin Brown will be the guy tonight.
1: Yeah, this is so interesting because this this opened up around here and then got pushed all the way down to where Mizzou was a pick. Uh, Mizzou was actually favored for some time, and now it's pushed all the way back up to five and a half, six in some places because we've seen a couple guys show up at practice. I I, I don't know that it really matters to be honest. I know that it, there's a lot of people who think that Ohio State is it, there's more motivation than than people thought. I tend to disagree. I, I, I think this is a Mizzou spot all the way. Um, it, I, I think one thing that that screams who's more excited about this game, Mizzou, when they got their ticket allotment, it was sold out in an hour and a half, and they asked for more tickets. Ohio State had to they had to return unused tickets because they didn't sell their ticket allotment. Like, to me, this is Mizzou's Super Bowl uh, is the best way to put it. And you mentioned no Kyle McCord. Not that I think he's great, but I think Devin Brown getting his first real experience here against a Mizzou defense that is uh, that blitzes a ton, creates a ton of, uh, of, of problems in the backfield for quarterbacks, I, I think this is a bad matchup for their offense with no safety blanket, no Marvin Harrison Jr., I don't know if a is going to play. I, I, there's a lot of questions about who is, who is going to play for Ohio state. I know Harrison's not going to play. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, the, the Missouri Tigers have just been, this is a team that I was wrong about all year long. I, I mean, I, I was just, I, I thought that they were going to underperform. I thought this was going to be a typical Eli Drinkwitz team. And what, what he's done at Missouri was be about six and six and they've been phenomenal. And, the momentum for this program is crazy, and they're going to see maybe one of the best offenses they've seen all year, if not the best offense they've seen all year. Their big games came against Notre Dame, Michigan, Penn State—not exactly teams that are known for like chucking the ball around or blowing it up. So I, I think seeing Luther Burden, seeing uh, Mookie Cooper, like these wide receivers all over the all over the field uh is is going to be difficult for them. I don't believe in this team. Uh I I think that the I think the wrong team is favored here. I I've bet I this is probably one of my bigger investments of the bowl season. I've got Mizzou. uh I, I I bet them at minus or at uh plus 2. I bet them at pick. I bet them at uh the money line plus 175 yesterday and I I bet them yesterday at plus 6. So I'm all over this Missouri team. I think that this is a team on the rise. I think Missouri is a team that is going to be in the college football playoff next year. Like the, the momentum that they've built mm. off this season, what they've done in the portal since this since this season. Remember, this is a team that almost beat Georgia. Like they they gave Georgia everything they could handle. I, I think that a a washed down version of Ohio State is not prepared. And the fact that everybody is suiting up for this game Everybody's going for Mizzou. They all this is I think they're looking at this as a, a program defining game. And for Ohio State, it, it's it's just not it's a it's a game that they're not mm-hmm. playing in the playoff.
0: I don't know whether to believe Ryan Day or not or whether to believe any practice reports or not about who's playing in this game. It could just be one giant fake, you know, he's having these guys practice or saying that they're practicing, and then all of a sudden they're not going to show up in the game. So I don't believe anything until we actually watch the game and see who's actually on the field for Ohio State. That being said, my lean in this game is on the over because I do feel like Missouri is going to have success offensively. And even though it's Devin Brown, how many times have we seen Ohio State really not have success offensively since Ryan Day took over as head coach? They've only had less than 350 yards in two games, and that was against Rutgers and in the uh, storm against Northwestern. Like, they're going to rack up yardage. They're going to be able to score. The totals 51 in this game. Are you telling me that, like, Ohio State can't get 24 points? Can't get 21 points? Florida scored that many against Missouri. And and, and the depth is going to come into play here. Florida, uh, Ohio State's got talent all across the board, even with the backups and the backups to the backups and the backups to the backups to the backups. I got a pencil in Ohio State here for at least three touchdowns. And so if I think they're going to score at least 21, maybe 24, I'm with you. I think Missouri wins this football game. I think they're more motivated. I think it means more to Missouri. And so I I can see this easily being a 31-24 type finish and it going over the 51 points. So the over is my play for this ballgame.
1: I, I like that play as well. I, I, I do think Ohio State is going to have some success. And I, I will say this as far as – who's going to play, who's opting in, who's opting out. I think something that is important to think about since we've, we've done the NIL thing is a lot of these programs, and I think Georgia was kind of at the forefront of it, and that's why everybody's still playing for Georgia, even though they're playing against a, a dead body team that we'll, we'll talk about here in a little bit. But these, these programs that have deep pocket NIL deals, they are getting players to sign where it's a per game you know, amount of money. And Mm -hmm. that includes the bowl games. So for these guys who are like, well, I can get one more check. Why not? I I think that that's why you're going to see some of these guys at the big schools play in games that you would otherwise think are maybe a little meaningless. Mm -hmm. That's why I've got some questions about who all is going to play for Ohio State. I do know Marvin Harrison's not because whatever NIL check Marvin Harrison's getting offered pales in comparison to what he'll be making, you know, next season. But I I know no McCord. I know no Harrison that's enough for me like it, it without those two guys and not the comma great again but I, I just think having that shift having to to change everything you've done in practice and again I, th- I think Missouri a little bit underrated defensively uh so I, I think the, they they may run into some problems that uh, not like they're not going to score kind of problems but the same kind of problems they ran into against Penn State mm-hmm. or, or, or Michigan where they score 20-24 points um Instead of the you know the the typical forty five or, or, or fifty, so I I think that Mizzou is the right side. I, I tend to lean with you on the over, but a, a lot of it is just because I I think Missouri is going to overwhelm this team uh, on offense. We move on to
0: tomorrow the Chick fil A Peach Bowl in Atlanta. Number eleven Ole Miss, number ten Penn State. Odds right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook: Penn State four and a half point favorites, total of fifty. And here's what we know Penn State will be without Chop Robinson, who's, I mean, arguably their best defensive player.
1: Yeah, this is a big deal on, on the edge, not having him. Here's, here's the, the first thing I think of when I think of uh, Ole Miss in a bowl game. Like Lane Kiffin's a guy who there's a lot of variance with him to begin with. He's a, you know, he, he's going to go for it on fourth downs when maybe you don't expect him to. I think mm-hmm. here, what's the over-under on how many fourth downs he goes for? two and a half (laughs) three and a half like I I think it's going to be balls to the wall which to me makes me want to play the over more than anything because if he has success on those there's going to be more scoring opportunities if he fails on those there's going to be short fields um you know you you mentioned there's the the best pass rushers are are out in this game and uh that's a big deal and yeah I, I just think that it opens things up for the offense. I don't have a great feel for the side. What I have noticed is Drew Aller, since all the, the smack talk uh, about how they, he couldn't go down the field, once Mike Yursich got fired and all that The dust settled after the disappointments from Penn State offensively in the season, we saw uh, Drew Aller start to chuck the ball down the field a little bit more. Um, they're still going to lean on the run more more often than not, but they are more willing to go down the field. And that's the way to beat this this uh Ole Miss defense. And without their best pass rusher as well, I I think that this is it, it, there's some opportunities for Penn State to have some success. It's uh it's tough, man. Like this is a it, this is this is a, a game where I think you, you can make a good argument for both sides. Um so I, I, I'm gonna pass on the side and and just play the uh the total here.
0: Yeah, James Franklin is, let's see, at Penn State's 4-4, four and four, I believe, in bowl games. Uh, Did win the Rose Bowl last year, but uh, before that, lost the Outback Bowl. And before that, it was the COVID year before that. They won the Cotton Bowl, lost the Citrus Bowl the year before that, uh, won the Fiesta, lost back-to-back Rose Bowl and Tax-Layer Bowl and won the pinstripe ball in his first season at Penn State. Uh we all know James Franklin knows the spread, right? <laughs> he's oh yes he cover. does. Yes he's he does. Cover but cover these games that
1: typically yeah that that typically comes into play more when it's a uh you know a big spread. Yeah. But I, if you say hey, James Franklin when the the spread is inside of inside of a touchdown well, his success rate goes way down when he's yeah. played the top teams it's not been good. Uh, you know, that's why, I mean, there's the reason why Penn state fans are like, I don't, I don't give a shit. If we go 10 and two every year, mm-hmm. if we're losing to, to Michigan and Ohio state every year, what's the point? And that's the games that James Franklin continues to lose at the beginning of this year. I was, you know, I was really high on this Penn state team. I thought they were all, right there in the conversation with Penn state and Ohio state. And then we, when they got on the field, they just weren't. Um, so I I'm, I'm a little hesitant to, uh, to buy into them. The defense is legit. And and I think on on that side of the ball they've got advantages everywhere, um, but I I do think that this this Ole Miss offense is going to be able to find a little success.
0: Yeah, my lean is Penn State just because I think Drew Aller will be better um, in in this game, and I know that Lane Kiffin's going to be aggressive at times. I know that you know he's going to certainly have his team ready, and but there's a lot of. And they do have a lot of players coming in. I think Lane Kiffin did a very good job in the transfer portal. So if you're looking at, you know, uh, getting a jump on next season, like this could be a good jumping off off point for Ole Miss to carry momentum into the offseason. Uh, I, I, I think it means more for Penn State. I think for them to beat a top program, for them to beat an SEC school would mean something with the way that they've come up short uh, at a lot of times in, in the past couple of years. So my lean is on Penn State, but I have no official play on this game. Let's move on to the uh, Capital One Orange Bowl in Miami. Number six, Georgia and number five, Florida State. (laughs) AJ, it is a 20 point spread here for Georgia, and this is not going to be the Florida State Trying to be, you know, UCF and claim their national championship after finishing an undefeated season. Everybody has abandoned ship for Florida State. Um uh running back Trey Benton, receiver Jaheem Bell, Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, defensive lineman, Jared Verse, Fabian Lovett, quarterback, their backup quarterback who's the starting quarterback. Tate Rodemaker. Tate, Tate gun. Yeah. And, remember the, they said like
1: Florida State fans were like it wasn't going to be the third stringer it was going to be Tate and we were going to be just fine well do you think Tate Rodemaker while Florida State was actively recruiting another quarterback in the portal do you think he was going to stick around uh for this bowl game like would would was he going to miss no. the portal window no so like and you, and you know I, something Florida State's
0: been more focused on leaving the ACC than preparing for this football game. Like they're, they're, they're drafting the petitions. They're trying to go through the legalities of getting out of the ACC, the the proper steps. I I think
1: that Georgia is absolutely going to steamroll this team. Yeah. So Brock Glenn, the guy who started the ACC championship game, that's that, that's who's going to play. The guy who could barely move the ball against Louisville is now going to go up against his Georgia team. Um, Listen, I, I, it's hard to know how many of these Georgia guys are actually going to play. The ones I know for sure, Brock Bowers isn't going to play. Uh, Amarius Mims isn't going to play. Other than that, I think it's like it, it, there's a lot of guys who are looking at this from a, a financial standpoint and thinking eh, maybe, maybe like we might as well take this check. Um, so I, that that makes me feel good about Georgia. The idea that I mean, this Florida State depth chart—I I don't recognize these names. These are players who who. We're talking about played like less than 30 snaps this season there's gonna be guys starting who played less than 30 snaps in the season um th- there's no one to throw the football to Johnny Wilson out Keon Coleman out Jaheem Bell all sitting out uh, you know it, it, they they're running back uh, tophily he he's I, I don't think he's opted out but I, I think he had some he had uh, an injury had some kind of surgery he's not going to be playing. Trey Benson's not playing. Jared Verse isn't playing. The, their best defensive player, Akeem Dent, their best secondary guy. Neither of their starting corners. It, this isn't Florida State. Uh this is this is like the the walk on team, and it's unfortunate because. It, but I get it. I you, when you're that close, and then you know there's there's nothing for you. I th- I understand being disappointed. You thought you had a chance to play for the national championship. Mm-hmm. You don't. I get it, but. It's clear that they don't, they, they, they rolled over in this situation. And, and I'm not, again, I'm not blaming anybody for, for not wanting to play here. Uh, most of these guys, Keon Coleman and, and Jared verse specifically, have, uh, much greener pastures ahead. But th- th- this is a, a Georgia's going to decide what the, the final score of this game is. The problem is, I'm not looking to lay 20, uh, with, with this Georgia <laughs> team. Like that, that doesn't appeal to me either. Um, I, I think maybe the best way to look is the under. If I was Georgia and I looked across the line at this team, uh, you can't. You have to think Georgia, who's played in the national champ, won the national championship the last two years, isn't exactly thrilled to be playing in this game either. So my, my thought is they're going to go in there, take care of business. They're going to run the football, uh, keep the clock moving. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of conversions made for Florida State. Uh, I don't think that Florida State's going to be the kind of team who's going to be like doing fake punts or, or things like that. I, I, I think Florida State understands what's happening here, and they want this to be over as soon as possible too. They don't want to extend this game out. Are you crazy? So I, I think the unders probably the best look here. Uh, if I had to play a side, it would be Georgia, just because I, I, I don't expect any real effort from this Florida State team.
0: 35-9 final score.
1: Okay, Boy, nine points. You're giving them a lot of credit. All right, thirty-five-seven. It's, 35, pre- seven. it's 35, a pretty good seven.
0: defense. Pretty good defense. 30, thirty-five-seven. They get one touch. You know what? They get one okay. touchdown. All right, we'll make it thirty-five <laughs> to uh, to to seven. Uh, Georgia wins. We move on to the VRBO Fiesta Bowl in Glendale, Fiesta, Arizona. Fiesta. Number 23, Liberty. Number eight, Oregon. And right now, the spread is at 16 and a half in favor of the Ducks. Can Jamie Chadwell pull off the ridiculous upset here?
1: Uh, I don't know because I, I you know, I, I haven't seen them play anyone this season, so it's hard to know <laughs> like, how, how they'll match up when there's an actual football team on the other side of the field here. Um they're missing a few guys. There's a couple guys in the in the portal that matter for for Liberty. Preston Hodge is, is one of them. Uh, he's he's probably the the most key guy uh, who's going to be out for them. Uh, and I, I'm curious to see if Jerome Jolly plays. He didn't play in the in in this USA title game. I I don't know if he's healthy enough to play or not. But he's th- those are the two guys that I think matter. Uh, Hodge Hodge and Jolly. As far as Oregon, it seems like for the most part they are they're playing. Uh, they've got I think Troy Franklin is opted out, and uh, Kyrie Jackson, their their corner, is opted out. But other than that, it, everybody's playing. I, I think Tez Johnson is, is going to play. Bucky Irving is going to play, and Bo Nix is going mm-hmm. to play, which is a big deal. Bo Nix said, I, I, "Listen, I want to I want to go out the right way. I want to finish college football the right way, and I, I don't want." my last experience in college football be losing that game to Washington. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I can't say that I blame him. My thought is as simple as this. If Oregon is motivated, they are going to drill this Liberty team. Uh, like Liberty, Liberty could show up full roster, and if Oregon shows up motivated, they are going to smash that team. Uh, it, this is all a play on how much you think Oregon wants to be here the idea that Bo Nix is playing makes me think that everybody is excited to be here, um, because this the Liberty is is just not that good. I mean, that's the truth of it. And I know you can look at, you know, what they did this season and, and say, "Wow, you, you can't go undefeated if you're no good." Uh, which, okay, maybe, maybe there's something to that. But if you put these teams on a neutral in the regular season and everybody was playing on both sides, I would have Oregon minus twenty. So that tells you where they're at. So this is if Oregon wants to be here, if they want to play and the Bo Nicks thing indicates that they do, Oregon's the only way to look here.
0: The thing with Oregon for me is, is that their offensive line is going to bully Liberty. Like there's no way that Liberty's going to get penetration and Oregon's going to be able to run the football. So even if like Bo Nix is a conservative game plan and doesn't try and do too much, they're going to have a field day running up and down this field. I just don't see any drives that are going to stall out for Oregon because I think they're constantly going to be ahead of the chains because they're going to be running for four to five yards on every carry. And so I think Oregon can score on every single possession that th- that they want to score on. And uh, I think it, I think this one gets out of hand. I think Oregon puts up 40-plus points here. And Liberty probably gets to like 17, maybe 20. But um, I think Oregon scores. They might even put up a 50-burger if they want to. It's just a matter of does Bo Nicks play the second half? Because I do think that Oregon uh, – I'm not saying it's going to look like the Colorado game, but Oregon's going to put up at least, you know, three to four touchdowns in the first half
1: yeah and and as far as I know the backup the backup quarterback for Oregon is in the transfer portal uh so I don't know I I I have no idea who would be next in line for snaps if if, uh if Bo Nix did sit out because Ty Thompson was the the backup he's he's leaving Uh, although again we've seen this before Guys who are in the transfer portal, there's been cases where they've played. So, uh, but I, I, what I took from Bo Nix from him saying that's not how I want to leave college football makes me think that Bo Nix might be out there taking knees at the end of this game.
0: Mm-hmm. Oregon's team total in the first half is 21 and a half. I actually like the over because I think I, like gonna, I think yep. I think they're going to score 28 points and in it's the first a, half of this on game. a fast
1: track. The Fiesta Bowl. Yep. There's a, there's a lot of points scored in Fiesta Bowls historically.
0: Yep. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support. Vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore.
1: Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, bud. Uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1.
0: Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com
1: slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out.
0: All right, AJ, we're here. The college football playoffs, semifinal game number one at the Rose Bowl presented by Prudential, uh, in Pasadena. We have number four, Alabama, number one, Michigan. And, I mean, the spread's been jumping a lot here over the past, you know, couple of weeks. And right now we are at Michigan laying one and a half against Alabama with a total of 45. I think you and I, before the season started, were, were very high on Michigan. We both picked Michigan yep. to win the, the Big Ten. We both picked Michigan to reach the college football playoffs. If we had known when the season started that it was Michigan against Alabama, I think we both would have picked Michigan because we didn't expect much from Alabama this year.
1: I, I said at the beginning of the season, we, Michigan was the, the second best team in the country behind yeah, Georgia.
0: And get, But given what we've seen from Alabama, and especially what we saw in the SEC championship game, has your opinions changed, and what's your outlook now on this game?
1: Yeah, my opinions changed, and a lot of it is, A, the growth of Jalen Milrow. Uh, I, I think that he, he presents some unique problems for this Michigan team, uh, and I, I also think this is where Michigan gets a little bit exposed because of their schedule, and the truth is, Michigan hasn't played an explosive offense all season long. Penn State, not explosive. Ohio State, not explosive. Jalen Milrow is the best deep ball thrower in college football. I, I know that's kind of a bold statement, but when, when this dude lets it go, I mean, he is on the – I mean, no, look no further than, than the end of the Auburn game. Like, no yeah. nobody's making that throw except Jalen Milrow. Uh, and Jalen Milrow, you can tell right now, you can tell in these press conferences, he is carrying a chip on his shoulder. Uh, he, he's been talking about Bill O'Brien, telling him he can't, he shouldn't be a quarterback. Um, like when your OC tells you you shouldn't be a quarterback, that's that's got to be uh, it's it's gonna do two things to you. It's it's gonna either break you or it's going to to mo- motivate you into being something special. And I think Jalen Milrow's taking it the right way. Uh, Michigan is that Michigan likes to slow things down when they're playing overmatched opponents. I, I think we're gonna see Michigan push the pace a little bit more. I think Alabama's gonna want to push the pace too. I think this ends up being an over game. Uh, but when the when the matchup was announced, just the way these two teams have played down the stretch, I I like Alabama. I, I like what Alabama is right now. Everybody who was anybody was telling me if Texas, like the the people who were arguing against Texas being in the playoff, if Texas played Alabama today, Alabama would roll them. Uh, we may have a chance to find out, but I do agree that Alabama is a better version than they've been this season. I think the Auburn spot was. Uh, you know, listen, they were looking ahead to Georgia. It, it, they shouldn't have been, but they probably thought that the Auburn team was was not good enough to give them a problem. They were wrong, uh, but they even beat that one. So, uh, I, I do think this Alabama team is the right side catching points in a playoff game. I, I'm gonna take Nick Saban. I just have to.
0: I know it's like you. You really should not be betting against Nick Saban in a bowl game, especially in a college football playoff game. But I have a couple of concerns here. I, I feel like Alabama's run defense is not what it used to be. This is like one of the second worst run defense they've had, except for, you know, 2019 when they didn't make the uh, the college football playoff in that year either. So this is a down year in terms of Alabama's run defense. And I think Michigan's strength is going to be running the football. I think Michigan is going to find success running the football. And then on the flip side You look at Michigan's run defense, which is one of the top units in the entire country, they're going to be able to stuff Alabama, much like we saw Alabama struggle against Texas A&M, right, when they weren't able to to run the football. I mean, Texas A&M is one of the best defensive fronts, uh, you know, in the country. I think J.J. McCarthy can do enough to win this game for Michigan. I think the game's fascinating. I think this is a much better matchup than the second semifinal game that we're going to see. I think this comes down to which team has the football last. Um, Obviously, you know, you love uh, taking points, but one and a half is not really much. It's it's almost like just picking the winner in this game. This is one of those where it's like, you know, the saying don't tease college football, but like, Pushing Alabama north north, north of a touchdown (laughs) makes me, like, really happy. I I think Michigan, if I had to gun to the head make a pick right now, it would be Michigan. And it's only because of their ability to run the football and Alabama's inability to stop the run and Michigan's ability to stop the run, which makes Alabama one-dimensional. Now, if you're telling me that Jalen is the X Factor and his legs are gonna be the difference, and there's gonna be one 50 to 60 yard completion down the field that completely flips the script. I believe it. I can I can see that happening. But I do think Michigan is the stronger, more complete side right now. Stronger lean for me would be on the under 45 because I do see this as like a 21 20 type of game, you know? So uh, I would say it's a pass for me. And I know that sucks. Cause I don't have an official play on this game. Michigan would be the side that I would go with. The under would be the side that I would go with. If you're going to like tease the Alabama sure, plus seven and a half, do a seven point teaser, get them plus eight and a half. Then in case the game goes to overtime, you're you're safe. But, um, I think this is going to be the best game of the new year six.
1: Yeah. You, you and I look like we're on, on opposite sides of the spectrum here, uh, which is fun. I mean, I, I agree. I think this is one of the, one of the more uh, interesting games. I I will say Roman Wilson, who is the, the slot receiver for Michigan, he could have a big day. That's where Alabama seems to be the weakest right now is, is defending the slot. Um, and And you mentioned they're not as strong against the run as they've been in past years, but, Uh, They have done a really good job of getting a pass rush, and I I think that this is an opportunity for them. We've seen Michigan; uh, their their offensive line has worn down as the season's gone on, and you know Alabama's just going to keep throwing guys at you. Like they've got Mm -hmm. Alabama's got guys who are rotating in, who are probably going to be top ten draft picks at some point. So I I do think this is it is a fascinating matchup. I just can't bet against Nick Saban as a dog here, and yeah. For, for once, Nick Sab- Nick Saban's not the he's not the uh, he's not the bad guy. He's not the heel in this matchup. <laughs> which I I, it's, I don't know that he's ever been in that situation. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Everyone hates Harbaugh right now. It's crazy. All right, let's go
0: to the All-State Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. Number three, Texas. Number two, Washington. Where Texas is a four point favorite. Total of sixty three and a half. Right away, AJ. I'm like it's going over. That, to, bo- that was my both first thought as te- te- well both of these teams it's, 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 this this total should have been like in the 70s both of these teams are scoring into the 40s in this game like they both I, have great quarterbacks great receivers suspect secondaries like how is this game not gonna be a 45
1: 41 42 type game that that was my first thought when the line came out. It's only gone up like a point, point and a half since the uh, since the open. So you know the the market is is kind of neutral on it. Um, but my thought was the the first thing I thought was, man, this is the the, the Joe Douglas Award winning offensive line for Washington against this Texas front that is unreal, uh, particularly against the run. And if if you go back to last year's games, you remember these two teams played in a bowl game last year. There was there was a lot of success running the football for Washington because they didn't have a lot of success down the field. You're not going to run the ball on this Texas team. I, I don't care who you are. I I, I don't care if you are, uh, it, it, I, I don't care if it's one of these teams from the other game, if it's Alabama or, or Michigan you're not running the ball on this Texas front. They are elite. Their best players are, are all over that, that run stop unit. and, I, it's going to it's going to have to be it's going to have to look a lot like Washington looked against Oregon and Washington you remember mm-hmm. you, they they spread it out against Oregon they were able to chuck the ball around a little bit and and you're right there are questions that if if you say what's the Texas weakness it's certainly the secondary um do they have guys that can match up on uh, a doonze and I, I i'm not i'm not totally sure um so uh this is this is this is kind of the the key to the matchup is uh, in my opinion, is will Washington be able to have the success throwing the ball down the field that they didn't have in that bowl game last year? Uh, I think I think this is a fascinating game. I like that the the I haven't I haven't put a bet down on the side yet. I like that the line is pushing down, uh, back towards three. I think if there's a three, I'm gonna take Texas. I I didn't want Texas at four and a half. Um. I I think as Washington money comes in, I'm going to wait and see if I can get a three. If there's a three, I'm going to take the three on Texas. But I'm with you. I think the best play here is the over. I I think both these offenses find success uh, against questionable secondaries.
0: Yeah, definitely on the over. And I'm on Washington. Um, Just go back and look at the past two seasons with Kalen DeBoer and Michael Penix. They are uh, 10-1 in one-score games. So we're talking about touchdown or less 10 and one. So you want to say close game gut, you know, uh, tested uh, what we say. What do we say during March Madness? I like to say tournament tested for teams, you know, right? Like, yeah, they're tested and they're nine and oh against top 25 teams. Like, this is, they rise to the occasion. Look at the Oregon games. Like, they rise to the occasion. I think, you know, Penix and DeBoer have such a a, a good thing going on. There's a synergy there. The offense is rolling. I do think this is a high-scoring game. I, I got a lot of respect for Michael Penix during that first Oregon game when he was hurt, he was banged up, and he still gutted them. Not his best performance, but still gutted them to a victory. And, you know, I, I also talk about how Oregon blew that game, and I don't think Texas is going to blow yeah. this game. But I think this is a shootout. I do think this is a shootout. I think it comes down to whichever team has the football last, unlike the Michigan-Alabama game. I'm getting north of a field goal, and I got to take it. So I think Washington and the over is – those are my official plays for this this game.
1: I think if you like Washington, it's key, it's key to play early. I, I think there is going to – like we're going to keep seeing Washington steam – and you're going to get down to a field goal, or maybe, maybe I, I doubt you get below a field goal, but I, I think you will see a three on this. So if you like Washington, I, I, I think you take it now. Uh, I do think there. I've got a player prop for this game that I think hits. Adonai Mitchell. This is a guy who his is going to be playing in his fifth college football playoff game because <laughs> he won back-to-back <laughs> titles at, at Georgia, yep. and mm-hmm. then transferred to Texas. He scored in every college football playoff game he's ever played in. So I I like this guy. Uh, I, I think this is the kind of guy they're going to look for in these moments, a the guy who's got experience on this big stage. Uh, so Adonai Mitchell, a, a touchdown score, I think you get a minus 170. Um, so that's, that's one prop that I'm going to be playing for these college football playoffs. Both quarterbacks
0: in this game are uh, two and a half touchdowns. Is their passing props? And they're both at plus money. You can get Michael Penix over two and a half passing touchdowns at plus one ten. Quinn Ewers at plus one hundred five. In a you, game that I think may is going to be, in a game that I think it, both are going to be into the forties. I think both Penix and Ewers throw three touchdown passes.
1: And you know what? You may have sold me on that Penix price because if there's if if Washington scores three touchdowns. I think they're all passing touchdowns because like mm-hmm. I really believe Washington is going to have no success moving the ball on the ground against this Texas front. So I, I do think if the, if if you believe Washington is going to score, that's a good way to look at it as the over for for uh, for Pennix because it, it's just this is an immovable object right now, this Texas defensive front.
0: Well, that'll wrap things up for us here on this special New Year's Six uh, podcast, breaking down the biggest games. For the college football season, including the college football playoff national semifinals. And we will be back and we'll preview next week the national championship game. But let me give you guys a special coupon code that you can use at pregame.com new30new. 30 new 30 will get you $30 off any best bet package that includes games of the year, but you can also use this discount towards the special holiday weekend or all access that is available right now. It gets you every pick in every sport from your favorite pregame pro from now today through new year's day on Monday. So jump in on that new 30 is going to get you that $30 discount. All right, AJ, have a happy, a healthy and a safe new year and enjoy the college football on New Year's Day. We will be back on, uh, I guess that's Tuesday morning with an episode of Straight Out of Vegas AM. Until then, Happy New Year.